Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week, we have a news update for you. We talk about the latest fifth year announcements, level 10 standout Leah Smith finally announcing her commitment to Arkansas, Canadian National Championships, and the unfortunate death of a Cameroon gymnast and the horrible and unsafe training conditions that led to it. But real quick, we want to take a moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. Thank you to Kevin K, Karina G, Maya A, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Stephanie S, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, and Erica S. We appreciate you all so much, and we want to say thank you for supporting us and our show each month at the highest tier level. Also, just a friendly reminder to check the Patreon app to find out who we're interviewing, submit questions, and find the occasional episode sneak peek or extended interview. And you can also commission a topic for us to talk about each month. With that being said, let's get into this week's episode. So this week's episode was a little bit last minute. We originally had an interview, a very exciting interview planned, but something came up and we had to reschedule it. So this week we just have a short news update for you guys, just kind of catching up on some of the other things that have been happening in the gymnastics world that we haven't had the opportunity to talk about yet on the show. So that's what we're going to be doing today. And then next week we are going to talk about nationals because that is this weekend already. It's so crazy. And then after that, we're going to hope to have our interview up. So that's kind of the schedule for the foreseeable future. But we just got some news this week for you guys. So we're going to start with some college news. We have Paulina Trotz and Kendall Poston announced they are coming back for a fifth year, which I am so, so excited about. I had a feeling that Paulina was considering it when she was on our show. Like mm-hmm. She kind of, like the look on her face, I could just tell that she there was still hope. Yeah, she didn't say no, and that's always a good sign. When they don't flat out say no, that means they're at least considering it, which means like they can be swayed. So maybe with the help <laughs> of like their teammates and their friends, they convince them to come back. And it, and it works. We're, we're going to get another year of Paulina and Kendall, which is just so so exciting i feel like really really satisfied with these fifth year announcements because for the most part everybody that i think the whole gym turned out wanted to come back is coming back yeah honestly i would say maybe aside from anastasia webb and sophia carter i think we wanted sophia carter to come back yeah well. true there's, there's definitely some but i think a lot of the main girls on each team like the stars of each team are returning which is gonna make next college season so competitive and even like ucla's vault lineup returning their top two vault seniors well i guess no that's kind of a lie because nia dennis yeah i forgot about her so two of two two of the top but they're getting back two big vaults Mm -hmm. and then they're getting hopefully maybe jordan childs maybe not if she goes pro we'll wait and see (laughs) but like they're gonna be really really strong on vault next year i feel like i think compared to the team we saw this past season for ucla ucla is gonna look a lot different next year because they have so much talent coming in. Let's see, they got Brooklyn Moores, Anna Potterariu, you mentioned Jordan Childs, Emma Malbuyo, Emily Lee, and I think that's it? I think so. And then Kendall and Polina Trotz. So iconic. Like, yeah. that's going to be so, so good for them next year. UCLA is definitely going to be back in the mix as far as, you know, winning another national title. So yeah, it's going to be I exciting. Was, I was reading an interview with Paulina, and she said that she wants to end her career the same way she started it, which Ooh. is by winning a national title. Yeah, and that so definitely they're did going not, for that natty. That definitely did not happen last season. They were, like, 
very, very far from it. So I'm glad she's coming back. I didn't like seeing them so upset at regionals. We talked about this already on the show. You and I were there and like they were crying and they were so upset. And I was just hoping in that moment that they were going to come back because who wants to end their career that way? That's really depressing. Yeah, kind of unexpected too. I mean, maybe not unexpected. I think to gymnastics fans, we expected them to not advance to nationals, but I'm sure in their heads and their hearts, they were hoping that they were going to be able to pull it out. Mm -hmm. So, well, yeah, because there's always that possibility that they still could do it. You know, Michigan or Cal or any of the other teams could have made a mistake and then they could have just been awesome and, and advanced through the national. So stuff like that happens in gymnastics all the time. So they never gave up that hope. But mm-hmm. And I think either way, they'll use that as motivation for next season to be even better. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure their mindset is going to be, we're not letting that happen ever again. We also finally know where Leah Smith is going. Yes. She's changed her commitment several times now, but is going to land at Arkansas, which is huge for Arkansas because they're already like such a good team. And then to have somebody with the talent of Leah Smith, she's going to be an incredible all-rounder. Yeah. Truly across the board. She only does a full-on ball, but I feel like she's capable of much, much more. Oh, totally. Her her full is so explosive. So much height. She but could easily of, do e- at least another half twist, if not another full twist. Yeah. Or I was going to say, she's one of those people that I feel like doesn't even really need the extra difficulty because her full is that good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she could go and get like a 995. She's like Alice McMurtry level, I feel like. She could go and like stick it and get a 995 every yes. single weekend. And then really across the board, she's great on every single event. So that is a huge catch for Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And a really big loss for Washington. And then prior to that, she was committed to Cal. Mm-hmm. I think I would have liked to see her at Cal, if not Arkansas. I wasn't really a super big fan of her going to Washington. I don't know why. It just didn't excite me that much. Well, just with all the coaching changes and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of everything that's been unraveling with that program the last couple of years, I feel like it's probably not the best fit for yeah. really any athlete. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. But that's a big win for Arkansas and I know the gym turnout was having fun trying to figure out where she was gonna go because at one point she removed Washington from her bio on Instagram because she said like she's a future Washington gymnast yeah and she removed that and then I think she realized people caught on because like within that same day but a couple hours later she put it back in her bio (laughs) she's like y'all didn't see nothing and everyone's been like stalking her followers and who she's following and even who she, like whose post she's liking. Because for a hot second there, we were hoping that she was going to come to Michigan. Because I noticed around the time Michigan won nationals, she was like liking all Michigan stuff and a lot of the girls on the team. So I was like, ooh, maybe this is happening. But then it really kind of started to seem like Arkansas when the entire coaching staff followed her. And I noticed a couple of days before it was actually announced that she was going to Arkansas, um, World Champion Center posted a video of Leah in the gym and they said something about her going to NCAA. And then Jordan Weber, Felicia Hano, and Corey Tomlinson, obviously all a part of the Arkansas Gymnastics Program, they all liked that post. So I kind of knew right then and there, I'm like, she has to be going to Arkansas. Yeah, like the, the chances are very, very high at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So either way, it's really exciting. We love Arkansas. We love Jordan Weber. I'm really excited to see what she's doing at that program. And I, I really think that they're going to be like really, really good next well, season. Well, especially with the returning gymnasts. They have Maggie O'Hara. Sarah Schaefer. Yep. And then isn't there one other person returning? No, because Sophia Carter's not. Yeah. So, but still, to have them coming back, they have Kennedy Hambrick. I mean, just so much talent on that team. They're, they've been a team on the rise, but I feel like 
I don't know. Things are going to be interesting in the SEC next year. It's, yeah, I think we're going to see like the tide sort of shifting here, and it's going to happen real quick. Like mm-hmm. Arkansas is going to go from being a team that isn't in contention for like making nationals, or I don't, I don't want to quite say winning a national title yet. I'm not getting that vibe yet. But even just like make nationals right now, they're not really a team that we would expect that. But I have a feeling that real quick, even next season, we're going to start seeing them more consistently in national contention and then eventually national title contention. Mm -hmm. In other college gymnastics news, Clemson University needs to add at least one more women's sport to their allotment of sports. And a lot of people are pulling for them to start a gymnastics program. Which we are in favor of. Yeah, so there's a petition going around on change.org. I'll be sure to link that for you guys in the show notes so make sure you go and sign it if you haven't already it already has over 5,500 signatures which, which is, is amazing pretty good yeah it helps to just show Clemson in the athletic department that there is a lot of interest in gymnastics if they can't already see that themselves like if they paid attention at all to anything other than like football and basketball like they would see that college gymnastics is a very popular sport well just look at the numbers from nationals exactly with over 800,000 people watching like it it is a popular sport and there is a really big fan base for college gymnastics in particular mm-hmm. and I think people might feel like there's nothing gymnastics fans can do about this but truly I think signing a petition and, and just showing them like how many people want to see gymnastics at Clemson I feel like it could work so yeah, absolutely just to roll up with a petition that has like thousands and thousands of signatures like how are they going to overlook that you know mm-hmm. this says as of right now over 5,000 people but hopefully more by the time you guys are done listening to this episode if you guys all can go sign it that would be great just to have thousands of people saying hey we support this we want to see gymnastics at Clemson we want to see another college gymnastics program that would be so amazing if within two years we had two new college gymnastics programs because obviously we already have LIU and then if we could get Thompson that would be so exciting yeah I do think that we need more men's gymnastics programs since a lot of the programs on the men's side are getting cut. Mm-hmm. But women's gymnastics, as far as college goes, is a little bit more popular than men's. So I can understand wanting to add a, it's a women's program. There's over. more of a draw, I think, for a program, just considering like the money they can make from it with ticket sales and you know just the fan base being, like you said, a little bit bigger. Another thing, too, with Clemson, a potential interesting tie, is Kyla Ross, I believe, I, I can't find the, the proof of it. There was a tweet that said this. Now I can't find it, but... I believe her boyfriend plays baseball at Clemson. He does. So she's always there. And around the time that everyone started, like, anticipating another women's gymnastics program and, like, hoping it would be Clemson, she just happened to be there. I also (laughs) thought there was another connection. No, I can't remember either. I thought it was something like her boyfriend's parents were, like, a coach or, like, I thought her boyfriend's parents were something at Clemson. Maybe. And I could be making that up, but I feel like I'm not. So if you guys have heard, you know, anything that we're talking about, if you've heard similar things, let us know because I'm not sure if I'm just not remembering correctly or maybe I'm making things up. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, so, okay, hold on. I don't think it's her boyfriend plays at Clemson. He's from UCLA. I think her boyfriend's dad is somebody. Yeah. I'm confused. You're, You're on the right track i'm way off i mean we're both kind of on the right track we have the kyla ross connection with clemson <laughs> that's all that matters yeah. and gymnastics somebody though please let us know i'm as we're recording this i'm like sh- frantically scrolling <laughs> through my phone trying to find where i saw this and i can't find it at the moment but there is definitely some connection there which 
basically, long story short, all this rambling aside, Kyler Ross could be the head coach. It would just be perfect. Oh my gosh, That's yes. what I'm getting at. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Does she want to do coaching? I, are, I we just, are we just like putting this on her, like making her do it? I don't know if that's her long-term goal. I mean, she's a very, very smart person. I feel like she could get a job using her degree, but who knows? I mean, she was a student assistant coach last season for UCLA. Maybe she'll get into it and decide that that's what she wants to do instead. I mean, I would love to see that. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to shift away from college gymnastics and talk a little bit more about some elite gymnastics news. Starting with something that is very sad and is very unfortunate, we wanted to take a moment to acknowledge the death of a Cameroon gymnast, which Cameroon, if you just aren't aware, because I I wasn't aware of it, to be honest, it's a small country in Central Africa, and there was a gymnast by the name of Severine Jala Abaka, who passed away three days before the African National Championships at the age of 21. She had a pretty scary fall from the uneven bars and ended up fracturing her neck. She so Lauren from the gym tonight actually put together this really well written article that that's where I'm getting all this information from. She's the one who really brought it to the gym tonight's attention. So I want to we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. You guys can read it if you haven't. Yes, I definitely want you guys to go read it. And I'm first of all, I just want to say I'm grateful that she took the time to even write that article because I think it explains even our thoughts very very well. Yeah, and it shed light on an issue that a lot of people just weren't aware of. I think that it's kind of sad that it's this way, but there's a lot of gymnastics fans that don't really pay attention to the smaller countries. They're really just focused on, you know, Russia and the USA and, you know, all the big countries and the Olympics coming up. And that's kind of what everyone's always focused on. Yeah. And we don't really think about what some of these other countries go through and what their training conditions are like and things like that. So Lauren exposing this to me it was I think it was really really important Mm -hmm. because a lot of people just weren't aware of the situation and how dangerous it is when Lauren knew because like I said the African National Championships happened and she apparently knew that Severine which by the way I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right there's not a whole lot of information on her so I I did the best I could with trying to figure out how to pronounce her name I believe it's Severine Mm -hmm. but Lauren knew that she was like missing, mm-hmm. which I think is super impressive because again, like I, I don't even follow like the smaller countries, like the more developing countries. Like I, I am not good at following what's going on with their national sometimes championships. I, sometimes and- I can't even keep track of what's going on with like European countries, and I'm just so busy with my life that like I, I can't even always tune into like European championships and Chinese yeah. nationals, and it's hard with all this gymnastics going on. But yeah, so just more, more credit <laughs> to Lauren Hopkins from the gym tonight I think that she does an amazing job covering all aspects of the sport and I'm sure that all of you listening are already aware of her website but if not we'll link her article down below definitely make sure you check it out but yeah I guess what we were saying it's really unfortunate just the training conditions of some of these countries that are smaller that are developing they just don't have the funds or the resources Mm -hmm. to have safe equipment yeah it's totally dangerous because they're basically vaulting over a old-fashioned vaulting horse like a vaulting horse that you'd see from like the 70s yeah go look up a routine of a gymnast in the 70s and like that's basically what they're vaulting on yeah and their floor is like those foam puzzle piece mats that kids play on which is maybe a tiny bit of cushion for a fall if you trip and fall and you like bump your knee not for elite level gymnastics no that's like you can do like a cartwheel and some somersaults like you that's safe like you could have a you could do a back handspring or a back tuck and it'd probably be fine but to be doing 
you know, higher level gymnastics. And granted, a lot of these gymnasts from smaller countries aren't still not doing the same, I guess, a typical level of elite gymnastics that we're used to seeing. By the way, when you say smaller countries, just to clarify, you mean like small for gymnastics. Like they're not well known for being a gymnastics Well, country. they're not well known in general. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know Cameroon was a country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very small <laughs> country. And that's really the benefit of some of these smaller countries even getting a berth to go to the Olympics. Because truly for me, it's at the Olympics when I'm watching the opening ceremony that I see all these different countries that I've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so important to have representation at the Olympics. And that was a whole other debate that was going on in the gym tonight this week. And we don't necessarily have to get into it right here, right now. We could save that conversation for another day. But I think that this being brought to light really further makes the point because as much as you'd like to think that the Olympics is all about the best in the world, like the best of the best, I think it truly means the best for each country. Mm -hmm. And that means you have to factor in training conditions, um, even things like government control. And I mean, there's so many things that factor into different countries that, you know, the United States or I mean, I guess really any country, every country deals with things differently. Mm -hmm. And I think people get so caught up in, it's like the skill level. And, you know, you look at a gymnast like Severine or maybe some of her teammates and you see them doing skills that are not considered elite level skills for a gymnast in the United States, but for a gymnast who is from Cameroon that is an elite level because yeah. their training conditions don't allow for more than that. And it really makes you appreciate even more what they are doing. Yeah. Because could you imagine doing any kind of tumbling pass on a really, really thin foam mat? No. Like, and how are you supposed to learn new things too? Like, absolutely, yeah. They really have no room to grow and get to a higher level. And it's just so crazy to think about... You know, you have Simone Biles doing triple doubles. I think we get so spoiled by seeing particularly Simone and all the wild skills that she's doing. And I think people sometimes think that, like, that's the highest level and everybody needs to be at that level. To be worthy of an Olympic berth or to be worthy of having proper equipment. Yeah, but that's just not true because for countries like Cameroon... Just having an athlete at the Olympics and having that exposure is huge. And it might help them to get more funding or, you know, more equipment. Anything would help. As long as they get that exposure and show that, like, hey, we're out here. Mm -hmm. That's the only way that things are going to get better for them. And I think by just excluding them because they're not at that level, it's like you're punishing them. And they don't really deserve that. Right. So that's kind of my, my two cents on that. I get that the Olympics is, for many athletes, about winning medals and that that fierce competition. But for others, I think it's really just about the experience and getting to represent your country, having your country's name even get out there so that the world can see what you're doing and who you are and just getting your name out there and your country's name out there. It's, It's huge. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this news, although it's tragic, I think it really sheds a light on a larger issue. Yeah. I know Lauren was really wanting to try and find a way that we could help donate equipment to them. So we're going to kind of help get that out there as well. If there's anyone out here that's listening to this who knows of a gym or anybody that would have extra equipment in a way that we could get it to Cameroon, 
I think that would be incredible because obviously something needs to change. Yeah. If they've had an athlete now, one of their best athletes, die because of the training conditions, something needs to be done because obviously this is not safe and what's going to stop that from happening again in the future. Yeah. And I'm not even saying like they need to start building like foam pits and like obviously there's there's steps. They deserve, it's a process. They deserve just like regular mats that yeah. you can go into any recreational gym here in the United States and every recreational gym is going to have safe equipment. They're going to have big mats. They're going to, most of them have prob- probably pits, I'm assuming. You know, like there's a lot of these gyms are constantly changing out their equipment. And I don't know what they do with the old equipment, to be honest with you. I'm sure it's on a you know gym to gym basis, mm-hmm. what they do with it. They might donate it to another gym. I don't know. There's countries like the United States and, and many other countries like China and Russia that have the resources to help out some of these smaller countries. And I would love to see this news spread and get up to the higher ups, whether it be gym owners, higher ups in the federation. Yeah. like So that way they know of what's going on. And, you know, I just thought of something, too. And I don't know if this has changed, but in, in the past, when there's been, like, U.S. championships or even Olympic trials, they donate those that equipment to local gyms. Pretty positive. So unless that's changed in recent years, that's how they used to do it. Right. The only issue I will say is that there is kind of an issue with shipping. Yeah. Like, how exactly do you ship all of this large equipment? Okay, but then what about a GoFundMe? Has anyone started a GoFundMe for that yet? No, I don't believe so. I was kind of expecting one to start going around. That would be an idea that could work. And that way they could they buy... They could buy their own equipment. But it's still going to have to be shipped. Either way, it's going to be shipped from a company. I'm, I'm sure it's possible. I mean, yeah. We'll, let, just we'll let the shipping gods handle that. I don't know how that works. Well, it's just expensive. It is a factor that you have to think about. But either way, I feel like something needs to be done because gymnasts should not have to fear for their life when doing gymnastics. And... It's way too easy to get severely injured when you don't have proper equipment. At least proper mats and stuff. Yeah, As a start. With that being said, we just want to send our thoughts and prayers to the family and friends and the teammates of Serene Jala Abaka. I can't imagine what they're going through right now, especially having for her teammates to compete just three days after her passing. I I couldn't imagine. Mm -hmm. And also just want to thank Lauren Hopkins again from the gym tonight for bringing awareness to this issue, for bringing it to our attention. And we will have her article linked below. I I encourage you all to take a moment to read it. Um, There's a lot of really good information in there and it's, it's honestly, it's really educational. So I think everybody could really benefit from reading that and learning more about what goes on in some of these smaller countries, what their training conditions are like and how ultimately that affects the gymnasts and their safety. Next up, we have the announcement of Japan's Olympic team. And this actually happened several weeks ago, but we've been like putting it off, waiting for a time like this where we were talking about news to just kind of announce it. So I'm going to go ahead and read off the four gymnasts who have been selected for the team. Mai Murakami, which is no surprise. And also Justice for Mai after not making Worlds last, well, not last year, 2019. Yeah. The last World Championship. How many times have we done that? I don't think we'll ever get used to saying it because we keep saying last year and I'm like, nope, 2019. Because if we're thinking in gymnastics world, we're not thinking like actual years that have passed. It was the last world championship. So you naturally just say last year, even though it wasn't technically last year. Right. Either way, justice for my, (laughs) she's going to the Olympics. 
And in Tokyo, too. I'm so, so happy that she's going to get to have her hometown Olympics. We also have Hatomi Hatakeda, Weyuna Harai, and Aigo Sugahara. Now, one person who is missing from this list, who is a 2016 Olympian, is Ashka Teramoto. She was in fifth place, so just shy of making the team, which is really, really criminal. It is. I feel like, how do you leave off one of your veterans? Unless they were really, really underperforming and they're not ready. But the fact that she got fifth. And remember, she's coming back from an Achilles injury. So the fact that she was able to get herself back and be, you know, even that much in contention is really, really impressive. Because sometimes people struggle to get back from injuries like that. Yeah, I remember our very first podcast episode. We actually Mm -hmm. talked about her and how she tore her Achilles and how we were devastated for her. And how we were hoping that the Olympic postponement and having that extra year would be a blessing in disguise for her, hopefully, because it would give her a whole extra year to actually heal from the injury and try to get back. Yeah, because there's no way if the Olympics hadn't been postponed that she would have been able to even be in contention. Oh, no, yeah. It was it was over until the Olympics got postponed. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I was really hoping that she was going to make the team. However, I will say that she didn't sound too upset about it. She seemed like she was proud of her career and how far she had come. And regardless of the fact that she didn't make the team, she was still proud of herself and her career in its entirety. So I'm glad to see that she's still, you know, keeping a positive attitude and she's not feeling down about this. But um, I'm definitely sad that we won't get to see her in Tokyo, but happy for Mai Murakami and these other three amazing ladies who get the opportunity to compete in their hometown Olympics. Such a, I want to say rare opportunity, like a once in a lifetime opportunity for most athletes. Mm -hmm. If that Honestly, not even a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. That's not even fair to say because most girls only go to one, maybe two or three Olympics. Right. And how often is it in your home country? Right. Like for all of the gymnasts in the United States, they haven't had the opportunity since 1996. So yeah, exactly. When you think about it that way, it's not even a once in a lifetime opportunity because they never even had the option. Exactly. So super great opportunity for them. Wishing them all the best, and of course, hoping that everyone can stay healthy. That's the big Tokyo. That's the biggest thing. Not just healthy, like bones wise <laughs> and ligaments wise <laughs> but covid wise yeah we gotta make COVID, sure everyone's covid free covid cases are on the rise in japan which is also really scary and i know there's still some talk about the olympics not going through although i believe that the officials have said that it's going through regardless mm-hmm. so I, I believe it'll happen but and i don't think japan could actually back out at this point i think if it were to get canceled it'd have to be the ioc and i don't think they're gonna do that no. so i'm not i'm not really afraid of the olympics not going on whether they should go on or not is a different conversation, but I, I do think at this point they are going to go on. Are they requiring all athletes to be vaccinated? Last I heard, no, it's optional. Okay. So would you guys want us to do a whole episode, maybe before the Olympics, about what the Olympics will look like for the athletes? Ashley did a really nice article for Inside Gymnastics, and she got a lot of inside scoop from some of the athletes who were in contention and really kind of dug deep into, like, the rule book and how some of the safety protocols are going to be and, like, what, I guess, what the Olympics is going to look like in a COVID year. Yeah. Is that something that you guys would be interested in seeing? Let us know, because I, I think... Well, they're not going to see it. They're going to hear it. True. <laughs> is that something you guys would be interested in hearing? Because I kind of think it'd be really interesting, and Ashley knows a lot more on that topic than I do so I feel like I could also learn from this I feel like that would be a good episode for like leading up to the Olympics like after Olympic trials 
we're going to have a couple weeks before the Olympics actually begin. So maybe that's something we'll do. So as we mentioned on a previous episode, the brother of both Ellie and Becky Downey kind of unexpectedly passed away. This was a few weeks ago. And unfortunately, Ellie Downey has decided to withdraw herself from the Olympic selection process. She is not going for Tokyo, which I totally understand and respect. I could not imagine dealing with everything that both the Downey sisters have been through in the last couple of years Mm -hmm. and not having your brother pass away very unexpectedly. He's young. He was healthy. And then have to turn around a couple days later and compete in an Olympic trial and just keep pushing through as if, as if your life just hasn't changed in an instant. Right. And there's so much pressure that goes along with trying to compete for a spot on the Olympic team and gymnastics at this level requires so much focus and that would require Ellie to completely just like shift her focus and yeah, kind of like you said, almost like pretend like something didn't happen which i guess to each their own like some people that might be a good thing they might like that it's a distraction yeah but i'm totally understanding to ellie because i feel like if that were me and i was in her shoes i would feel the same way i wouldn't be able to focus it would seem like nothing else in my life mattered at that point yeah like i wouldn't even care about gymnastics or the olympics like my world just got like rocked yeah i just want to say that i'm actually really proud of her for making the decision that she did I think that she knew what she was capable of and if she didn't feel like it was something that she could go for anymore or if it didn't mean as much to her anymore because she has something else going on in her life I think the fact that she was able to make that decision and be supported in that decision speaks volumes I, I think that very often we see gymnasts putting their whole life really on the line for their Olympic dream. And although Ellie has been to the Olympics before, I think for her to put her foot down and say, you know, I'm done, I I can't do this right now, I'm backing out. And not only allowing the spot to go to somebody else, because I do think that she would have been in contention Mm -hmm. had this not happened, but to allow the spot to go to somebody else who is up for it, who can do it, and then also just at the same time looking out for her own mental health and doing what's best for her, I think that's amazing. Yeah. And then Becky, her sister, has decided that she is going to go on. That's also incredible. I think, you know, we kind of would expect because they're sisters that they're going to feel the same way or do the same things. And maybe I'm just thinking that because me and you are twins, Ashley, and we like, we always feel the same. We're always on the same wavelength. Right. If something were to happen within the family, we would both be feeling very, very similar. But to see Ellie kind of have her own decision and Becky have her decision and she's going to go on she actually competed in a virtual trial since she missed the original trial because it happened like a couple days after their brother passed away yeah they actually postponed it for at the time for both of them to have the opportunity to compete in the trials if they wanted to yeah so she just did like a virtual trial she did very well at it and I fully expect her to not only be in contention for the Olympic team for Great Britain but also to be potentially going for the bar final. I mean, she's an uneven bar world medalist. I think that she's an amazing bar worker, and I, I think she would be an asset to Great Britain's team, and wishing her all the best. There's more trials to come. I was trying to find the dates of when the next trials are, but I couldn't find them. I feel like Great Britain keeps a lot of stuff on lockdown, kind of. <laughs> like, it seems very secretive. I mean, maybe I'm just not looking in the right place, but... There are more trials to come. I do know that. So if so, we find any information, we'll, we'll be sure to share it on social media. Yes, absolutely. And wishing the best to Becky and all of the Great Britain athletes. The competition for that team is going to be tough to make. Yeah. And I think part of 
potentially part of Becky's decision to go on is probably the fact that she's been around for a long time and she knows that this could very well be her last Olympic Games and her last opportunity. She hasn't, to my knowledge, vocalized anything, but I would imagine that she's probably thinking about wrapping up her gymnastics career pretty soon and this is her last opportunity, whereas Ellie, you know... She's, she's still young and yeah, she's only. I been, mean, granted, they're both young. I made that sound like <laughs> Becky was old. They're both young. <laughs> but Ellie's been to one Olympics, and she also hasn't set her future plans. I mean, she definitely did not say that she's retiring or anything. Just kind of taking a break for right now. So, I think it's possible that we'll see Ellie again in the future. I hope so. Going for another Olympics, and with Becky, this could be her last. So I hope that in the end, everything works out for everyone. Yeah, I, I know hope. she said something on social media about how like she didn't come this far just to come this far. Like, yeah, she's been working so hard for this moment, and even with the success that she, both her and Ellie, had at the last World Championships in 2019, not last year, <laughs> the 2019 World Championships, like they they've come so far, and I and I. I'm proud of both of them for making the right decision for themselves. I'm glad that we're going to hopefully see Becky in Tokyo representing her family and doing it for herself and her brother. And Ellie is also looking out for her mental health and doing what she feels is best for her. I'm so, so glad to see them both doing, you know, what they feel is best for them in the moment. Absolutely. Canadian nationals were also held very recently. They were held virtually and I watched some highlights from that meet, both juniors and seniors, and it's really no surprise that Ellie Black took the all-around title. Queen. Her two-day score was 112.2, and she was leaps and bounds over the second-place finisher, Ava Stewart, who posted a 107.7. And then in third place was Lori Denome. A lot of new names. Yeah. A lot of names that, you know, leading up to this Olympic cycle, we didn't really see a lot in, like, major international competitions. So, not gymnasts that were necessarily on our radar, yeah. but now they are, which is super exciting. Brooklyn Moores is somebody who, who's been in the spotlight and has a lot of fans, rightfully so, and... I think if you were to have picked the Olympic team at the beginning of this quad, or even at any point throughout the quad, I think everyone would have had Brooklyn Moores on their team. Mm-hmm. But she did place eighth at Canadian Nationals. So she definitely did not have her best performance. And that's partly due to the fact that she had a really, really rough bar routine on the second day of competition. So that kind of hurt her chances in the all-around. I feel like bars was kind of one of her weaker events Anyways, yeah. so we'll have to see what happens there. They don't have an Olympic trials or any other competitions coming up, so the team is going to be announced June 17th. Which is coming up quickly. Yeah, and they're basing it off of nationals, and I guess, I don't know their exact criteria, but I'm assuming, you know, past experience and stuff as well. So will it be enough to get Brooklyn on the Olympic team? I guess remains to be seen. She did win the floor title at nationals. Yep. I was just about to say that. And I think that's the event that she's really the most usable on, especially when it comes to international competition and 
hopefully potentially making a final. We've seen her in floor exercise finals in the past. So I think it was important for her to go out there and show that she still is one of the best floor workers in Canada and, you know, potentially in the world. So I'd also like to point out, not that this is going to help her Olympic chances, but she does still have the same music that she had in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> that should help her chances, honestly. She changed the routine up a bit. So majority of the choreography is different than what she had in 2019. There were some parts that were the same, but basically a completely different routine to the same music. So not sure if anyone else has seen it yet. I, I was feeling it. I liked it. But I feel like that should give her some bonus points and she should make it to Tokyo for that reason. <laughs> I agree. Honestly, same. <laughs> but again, June 17th, that is when we can expect to hear the Canadian Olympic team announcement. And so, what about Anna Pedereriu? I know a lot of people are kind of like concerned about yeah. her and what's going on. So she was a silver medalist on beam at the 2018 World Championships. Fan favorite. She was actually commentating the Canadian National Championships. Love it. Which kind of answers the question on where she is. Obviously not competing. She had surgery on her ankle last year and just wasn't recovering as quick as she wanted to and has decided to just shift her focus to compete at UCLA in the fall. Yeah. So she is no longer in contention for the Tokyo Olympic team, which is incredibly sad. Oh my gosh. I'm so sad about that. I know. She was one of my faves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big bummer. But also looking forward to seeing her at UCLA. I mean, obviously we wanted the best of both worlds. We wanted her to go to the Olympics and then to UCLA. But But sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And I feel like just having the time now to get healthy and really ensure for herself that she's going to be able to have a successful college gymnastics career. Like I think going to the Olympics and continuing to push, 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 push when you're already dealing with so many injuries. Because this is not the first injury that she's had. She's always kind of struggled with injuries throughout her career. But I think just to take the time now to really get healthy and prepare for college, maybe work on some routine construction, what she wants some of her skills to look like in college. That's also really important. Mm -hmm. And I I hope that she finds happiness and all of the success in the world at UCLA. I think that she's going to have an amazing career. Oh, I totally think so. Especially on beam. She's going to be like the new beam queen. Well, even on bars, like I don't feel like we think of her as a bar worker, but her bars are actually pretty good. Like she has good basics. Yeah. And I feel like having good basics is all you need to thrive in college. So it is. She's going to be a good one and I can't wait to see her heal up and hopefully be in several lineups this fall. Okay. And last but not least is... National Championships. They are this week. So we're recording this episode Monday morning because we had a really busy weekend. So sorry about that. But this week that you guys are listening to this is the week of championships. So men's, women's, juniors, seniors, we've got it all. There's a lot of action happening this week. So real quickly, I'm going to give us a little rundown of the schedule. Tuesday, June 1st is the first day of podium training. It's on flow. It's not open to the media, so this is the session. Usually there's two sessions of podium training, one of which the media is allowed to go to, and that's the one you're going to get all the updates from. Although, with it being on flow, I'm I'm a little bit confused by that because I guess... Because isn't the media still virtual for championships? Not not anymore they've heard of. They Very last minute. Like, emails went out like a couple days ago, (laughs) and they are now allowed 
in the venue for okay. podium training. So maybe that's what they mean by no media. Like they can watch on flow, but not be there in person. Interviews are still being done virtually yep. through Zoom. I know that, but I guess either way, if it's on flow and people have flow, they, they could theoretically watch it, whether they're media or not. But junior men podium trainings at nine in the morning, that's central time. Senior men are at 11.45 in the morning. Junior women are at three, and then senior women are at six. Then the next day, Wednesday, is again another podium training day. That's the one that the media is going to be at. So that's the one you can expect to see lots of videos from and lots of updates. Times are roughly the same. You have junior women at 8.30, senior women at 11, junior men at 2.30, and senior men at 5 o'clock. Then we go to competition day, Thursday, June 3rd. We have junior men. Day one is going to be on flow. That's at 1.30. And then you have senior men on NBCSN at 7 o'clock. Again, these are all central times. Friday, June 4th is the first day of women's competition. We have juniors on flow at 1.30. And then seniors on NBCSN at 7. Saturday, June 5th, junior men. Day two is at 1.30 on flow. And then Senior Men is on NBCSN at 7. And then it's also going to re-air on NBC. It doesn't say a time, though. <laughs> so just know, <laughs> really that just know that it's going to re-air on NBC, but it's up to you to find out when. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> this is coming directly from USAG's media person, by the way. So that's what I'm reading. Love that. That's what I'm reading from right now. And then last but not least, Sunday, June 6th, we have Junior Women on Flow at 1230 and then senior women on NBC at six. So a lot of it is on either Flow or NBCSN, but women senior day two is on NBC. And because a lot of gymnastics fans don't have Flow, some people that you can follow to get updates, not only on podium training, but also the junior sessions, men and women. We will be talking about it, and I, Brittany, will be trying to live tweet some stuff. Scott Bregman does a great job of live tweeting. Yep, from the Olympic channel. But he, but he does it on his personal Scott Bregman account. <laughs> yep. Um, the balance team situation, Spencer, he has a live blog, and the gym internet, Lauren Hopkins, also has a live blog. So, and don't forget, um, Rude, don't forget Inside Gymnastics, aka me and Chrissy Sandmeyer. Yes. <laughs> Ashley and Chrissy Sandmeyer are killing it with their coverage. Ashley will probably be live tweeting on Inside Gymnastics. I will be live tweeting on the podcast. I kind of, I'll be honest with you, I don't do as in-depth with like skills and like this gymnast is doing this just because like I just said, there's so many people which is a great thing that are covering the sport right now. So I feel like honestly, it's just repetitive. I look for like fun things to point out because you have to be professional on Inside Gymnastics. I don't have to be professional on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So I can be like talking about just random shit that's happening in the background that I see. So like... Those are the fun tweets. Yeah, we'll be like, I'll be doing like the fun stuff. Ashley will be doing like the skills on Inside Gymnastics. Scott Bregman, Balancing Situation, Jim Trinette, all great resources to follow because flow sucks and we do not encourage you to buy a subscription to watch podium training or junior nationals. It's just not worth it in my opinion Mm -hmm. Um, with the quality of the stream, not knowing who's even competing half the time because they don't do a good job of IDing the gymnasts. Their history, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, also can't forget linking to child pornography. Yes. That one takes the cake. There's a plethora of reasons of why this is not an organization that you say gymnastics should be partnered with and that as gymnastics fans, we should not be supporting. The media, 
it's important, it's essential that the media has access to these things. And it was also given to the media for free this year because of COVID and restrictions and not as many people being allowed to go. So I feel like it should be free to the media regardless. I guess we'll see what they do in years to come. Yeah. But either way, my point in saying all this is that there are still, thankfully, so many people who are passionate about the sport of gymnastics that know a lot about the sport of gymnastics that you can get your information from. And I'm sure anything that important really happens in podium training or with juniors, it'll circulate. It'll make its way around. So make sure you're following all of those accounts if you're not already. And we'll also put the schedule in the show notes below because I know when you're listening to people talk unless you have a pen and paper with you like I'm reading it off but let's be real like who's actually retaining what I'm saying <laughs> so maybe, stop underestimating them maybe they are I mean maybe you are and if you are that's that's great good for you but we'll put it in the you're show like, notes you're like I'm not that impressive <laughs> I, I couldn't do that we'll put it in the show notes though so that way you just have a concise list that you can look at so what kind of things are we looking forward to with nationals? Let's do a quick little list. I want to say first and foremost, Connor McLean moved to Woga. Yep. And I'm really excited to see. I mean, I don't think that she's working with Valeri. So I don't think that we're going to see like, oh, her bars improved tenfold in the last week. Like yeah. she's been there since Tuesday. Yep. And like, that's not really a lot of time to really do anything. No. And that's a really interesting move to do it. Right, she did it a couple days after classics, and then right before nationals, like to move in between two major competitions in an Olympic year because Connor is eligible now, so technically it's an Olympic year for her too. Yeah, that's just so unheard of. But yeah, well, except for when Gabby Douglas did it. True, <laughs> she did it before the Olympic trials in 2016. True, and Vanessa Adler did it actually to Woga. I'm pretty sure I forget exactly like what the time frame was when she did it, but yeah. Vanessa Adler did something. So it does as well. happen, but it isn't super common. Yeah, it definitely came as a shock to me that she moved because she's been at Revolution her whole life. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure there was just, like, a feature that came out about her and her coach and their relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there was. I have to go back and watch that now. Yeah, I kind of feel like something happened. Yeah, so I was talking to her mom for Inside Gymnastics when I wrote that little news brief that came out. And I asked if she'd like to provide a comment. And she said, no, <laughs> with a bunch of laughing faces. So we don't have the tea on why she moved, but I know that Connor's kind of going through a rough time right now. She's really going through a lot. Her mom said she's really stressed out and understandably so. And we could see that. We kind of alluded to that last mm-hmm. week in our episode. I could just see the stress on her face and I'm hoping that this move to Boga will be better for her. I hope that it'll be a better environment or I, you know, I don't know the specifics of what happened at all, but I just, I hope that... Whatever it is, I hope that it gets better in the next coming weeks. I think a good thing that will come from training from Woga, first of all, I know people have opinions on Woga and they have opinions on Valeri. Um, We've touched on that before on the show. Don't really want to get into into it all again right now, but, you know, that's Connor's choice, first of all. Mm -hmm. Um, She obviously knows Valeri from her development camp days and even maybe briefly when he was national team coordinator for that hot second just remember, this is a choice that she made. Yeah. So she's consenting to this choice. Yeah. She is. She's moved across the country to do this. So yeah. she obviously feels that's what's best for her. So we're not going to judge her for that. Right. Whether we disagree or we have our own personal thoughts, we're going to be supportive of Connor because this is a choice that she made. Yeah. And 
her mother is in support of it, they obviously feel this is the best choice for her at this point in time. So, But I think something that could be good for Connor in this move is having elite teammates. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Woga has a lot of elite gymnasts right now, and they're kind of split up between the two locations because there's a Plano location and a Frisco one. Sky Blakely is at Frisco. Connor is training at Plano. Um, I know Madre Johnson and Paloma Spiridonova, they train at Plano. Um, there's one other that I, it's not coming to me at the top of my head at the moment, but she's going to have some teammates, which elite level teammates, I should specify that she did not have at Revolution. So that's a good thing. And then also I think experience, her coach, Susan Brown, was not super experienced at the elite level. Connor was her first elite gymnast. Yeah. And, you know, Valeri has been around. He's had elite gymnasts before. And he kind of has experience coaching gymnasts at a high level and internationally. So I think that those are things that she may have been looking for that she didn't have at her last gym. Yeah, absolutely. And I just hope that everything works out well for her. Riley McCusker is... Another big question mark still. She is on the roster to compete at championships, but we still don't really know much about her condition. Haven't gotten any updates from her, her gym, from anybody, which is freaking out all the gymnastics fans. Yeah, Everyone is like losing their mind. But understandable. There's some people on Twitter, even people from the media that I'm kind of like, no, like stop. Because we are not, we are not entitled to her medical information. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. She is, if she wants to provide an update, that's great. If she doesn't, that's fine too. Because to be honest, there's a lot of reasons why she wouldn't want to, whether she's fine or she's not fine. You know, people are going to be talking about her, and she probably just doesn't want to see that, especially with this being the Olympic year, and it's like everything that she's been working for is kind of coming to a head. Yeah, (laughs) pretty soon here, and. Yeah, like she probably just doesn't want people writing her off because of a potential injury. And even if it's something minor, like maybe she just kind of like tweaked her ankle. I forgot that. <laughs> I'm like, uh, ankle? That, that's your ankle? I'm like pointing. I'm like, help me, Brittany. What is this? <laughs> I couldn't think of it. Ankle. I, I understand, like, from a fan perspective, like we obviously want confirmation that she's okay. And I think the media does too. Like she is in contention. We want to know what's going on. That's, that is natural. I think human nature to see somebody get injured and then just be curious and if they're okay. Um, but I agree with you. Like we're not entitled to any of her medical information, anything that's she wants to keep private. She's totally entitled to that. It's her information. It's her business. I hope that it's something minor and I'm optimistic that she's on the roster. That means that she'll be okay. And I'm also kind of thinking if it was something major, if it was a career or Olympic career, we'll say that ending injury that I believe that she would have said something like she would have had to have said something. Yeah. So the fact to me that she's not tells me it's minor. And she also wouldn't be on the roster for championships. So, so I think we could take a big sigh. I think we're going to go, not a sigh. Uh, uh, exhale. Exhale. Yes. Why did I say sigh? I a know. sigh would be like... More frustrated. <sighs> yeah. But no, we're like deep breath. Like whew, exhale. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I and feel like we're a little off our game today. Yeah. We had a long weekend. We were at a friend's wedding. And then yesterday I was dead. And then today I'm alive. But alive, I'm like... but I'm dead. Yeah. It's like that TikTok. I'm alive, but I'm dead. We're getting there. We're fine. But... Anyways, um, excited to see Riley. Hope she's okay. Hoping that it was just a little tweak, nothing too major. Another thing I'm looking for is Chelsea 
and Lori potentially doing all around. Lori is doing all around. Yeah. She said that on her TikTok. Yeah. Okay. I was on one of the spaces on Twitter and I heard she was going to be doing floor and she was talking about bars and having a lower start value, but I wasn't sure if she was 100% committed to doing it. No, so I exciting. woke up this morning and I saw her say that she was doing all around. At least that's the plan. Well, cool. I'm excited for that. And then Chelsea, Chelsea really is the biggest, the bigger question mark out of the two because on her YouTube channel, we've been following her progress, and she kind of has been struggling to string together a full bar routine. And we haven't seen her do tumbling on floor, like literally on the floor, not just into the pit, in yeah. a hot minute. Yeah. So she did warm up a little bit of bars during classics, and she did do a dance through on floor, so I'm hoping that we'll see something this weekend. But either way, I'm just so excited that Chelsea's even competing. Yeah. It's... Like, I'm not over here actually actually thinking that she's going to make the Olympic team or, you know, hoping for that necessarily. It's just but... incredible to have her back out there. I want to see her do well, and I would like to see her go for Worlds, personally. I kind of think that's going to be in the back of her mind. Like, come on. That would be perfect. Like, you have to go to Worlds. Or if she doesn't do Worlds, at the very least, um, she can join Simone Biles on her tour. Yeah. Oh, I feel like she totally would, too. Because she's yeah. pro, so, like, why not? Right. That would be the perfect opportunity. She's already in shape. Like, it would be perfect. Yeah. So we we have some hope for Chelsea's future. Like, good things are coming either way. Because it, it has to be one of the two. Or... Or she could stay around for three more years <laughs> and go to the next Olympics. That would be cool. She would have way more time. And she wouldn't, like, right now it feels a little bit rushed. Like, she's trying to, like, pee. Like, she's literally, like, the day before she leaves to go to national, she's still trying to piece together her bar routine. Yeah. But, like, if we just, like, push this out to the next Olympics, like, she has all the time in the world. I like the way you think, but I don't know if Chelsea thinks the same way. Well... She should. <laughs> I just want her to go to the Olympics again or Worlds. I'd be okay with either. I that want would, all the success in the world for Chelsea. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. And then I think other than that, just in general, obviously with the Olympics coming up, we're just wanting to see how everyone's going to improve from classics and really get more clarity on who is in contention for this Olympic team. And I think after championships, the picture is going to get a little bit clearer. It, it, classics didn't really do a whole lot for me in terms of the Olympic picture. This is like the real deal now. Mm-hmm. This week's about to be intense. And everything that everyone does is going to start mattering if it didn't already before. Mm-hmm. So just really, really excited. Not just for championships, but just for everything that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's just an exciting time to be a gymnastics fan. And real quick, I... I just want to throw this idea out there. I put out a tweet on our Triple Twist account, but we want to hold in adult spaces. So right now, the cool thing that all the kids are doing is this thing on Twitter called Spaces. It's basically like a group, kind of like phone call. Um, It's not actually a phone call. You use the Twitter app. Me explaining spaces. I'm so young and cool. I know exactly what spaces is. Um, no, when it first came out, I was like, what the heck is this? Like, when I first got into one, I panicked because I thought they could hear me. <laughs> I was like, shit, where I click I mean, on? I will say they're a lot of fun. It's it's fun to talk to other gymnastics fans. I haven't talked in any, but like, I, I think it would be fun to talk. And... Either way, just listening to other gymnastics fans talk about what's going on or their their Olympic predictions and things like that. I think that'd be so cool. But, you know, me and Ashley are in our 20s and I feel a little bit uncomfy with, like, conversing in, like, a 
Um, a group of minors. Yeah, kind of. Because I think a lot of people in the gym tonight, it's like split. Like, there's people who are 18 plus, and then there's people who are like 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like if I was to be talking with a bunch of gymnastics fans, I would want to do it with people who are like closer in age to me or older. That's fine too. Um, so we were kind of thinking about doing our own like 18 plus spaces. <laughs> and I hate saying that because it sounds like 18 plus. Like It sounds like there's a, something inappropriate. Yeah, happening. like it sounds like you have to be 18 to come to this. Like, no, it's not going to be anything inappropriate. Like, I just feel like I want to like get together all of like the OG gym Trinet people, people who've been around for a while, and people who are just like older. And then we can have just like adult conversations about gymnastics. And of course, everyone is welcome to it. Like, we're not going to exclude people. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, there's no way to do that. I'm not going to be, like, we're not going to have, like, a bouncer, like, our, outside of our virtual space, like, <laughs> kicking people out who are not 18. No, I'm just kidding. I feel like, yeah, anybody can join. We'd love to have everybody there, but... But it would be nice, and I think it would ease some of people's anxiety about speaking <laughs> if they knew they were talking to people that were adults. Yeah. And, Because yeah. you don't want to, like, be, like, creepy or, like, let the kids do what they're doing. We can do our own adult version. It's fine. <laughs> I think that sounds like a lot of fun, though. And not only just to be able to talk about the meet, but also just talk about, like, our experiences as gym fans and just get to know each other. So I think that would be a lot of fun. So we're thinking after day one of Nationals. Because after day two, we have to do, like, podcast stuff. And, um, yeah, so day one might be a little bit easier. Day one of women, I should clarify. So if you guys want to join that, I guess stay tuned. I think we'll probably do it off our Triple Twist account. On Twitter, not the podcast. Just because we have more followers on Triple Twist, so I feel like the possibilities of more people seeing it and joining is likely more likely on Triple Twist. Twist. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably put out a tweet that day, like in the morning, with like a time. I'm assuming we'll do it like maybe a half hour after the meet, but we'll confirm that. We'll post a tweet saying like, hey, we're going to do a Spaces, you know, at this time. So that way, if you guys want to join, you can. If you just want to join you don't want to talk that's okay too although we would love to have everybody talk i think you can only do like 10 people at a time i don't know i don't know what i'm doing i've literally never hosted a space in my life i've joined a couple of them and it was confusing at first i think i'm understanding it now i'm not that old so i'm like i should be able to figure these things out relatively easily i think we can figure it out We'll, we'll figure it out for sure and we'll post a tweet and if you guys have any questions, if you don't know how to join, or you're like, you don't know what you're doing, just send us a message and we will help you figure it out. Because it's not that hard, mm-hmm. I, especially for the people who are joining. You literally just click on it. You click on the circle and, and hit start listening. Or you something. hit start listening. Everybody automatically joins as a listener. You have to request to be a speaker or be invited to be a speaker. And it's no video. I don't know if I made that clear. It's no video. It's just like a phone call. Like it's just, you hear each other's voices. Yes. And... At the very least, you can just listen to it, and I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. I've had me fun and you listening. can always just talk to ourselves. If no one joins, we'll just talk to ourselves. That's always a really solid plan as well. <laughs> we, have, we have our backup plan. Okay, cool. 
That's it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And of course, we'll be back next week with a new episode talking about everything that happened at championships. We might be a day late with it just because championships ends on Sunday and that's a long weekend of gymnastics to cover. I feel like it might take us an extra day to actually record an episode and edit it. We'll see how it goes. But if it's not out on Monday, it'll definitely be out by Tuesday. Yeah, we were pretty pooped after classics. Yeah, (laughs) we were. We truly were. So, but... But it will come and it will be great. We hope you guys enjoy all of the action this week and we will talk to you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.